The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Please do not message or call, as the following program is a rerun of a previous live show. Any announcements made during the repeat may now not be applicable. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum, and welcome to the latest edition of the Health and Fitness Show. I'm your host, Suleiman Rafiq, and we are broadcasting live today on Thursday, the 21st of September, 2023. As always, you can text or WhatsApp us on 0779481822. That number again, 0779481822. I pray and hope that everyone is well and uh, enjoying the somewhat um, different weather. I don't think I ever know what to do in the morning, whether or not to pack a jacket or to put my sun hat on. Uh, it's quite interesting weather we experience at the moment and i uh, hope and pray that all the children who have been starting a new year new academic year uh have settled in into the new routine uh, and are enjoying and thriving in their in their new classes as well inshallah so on to with today's show as i say we are the health and fitness show and each week we cover a different topic area the topic we'll be talking about today is actually the first time that i have ever covered this topic so i'm really intrigued to learn more about this topic so the topic we'll be talking about today specifically is epilepsy now epilepsy is one of the most common serious neurological conditions in the world it affects over 600,000 people in the UK alone and this means that around 1 in 100 people in the UK have epilepsy and around 80 people are diagnosed with epilepsy in the UK every day. So it's an important subject to touch on. We haven't spoken about it before and I'm delighted to say that we're joined by not one, not two, but three expert guests in today's studio to shine a light on this important health topic. So without further ado, if I can kindly ask my guests to introduce themselves, I'll start on the left here, please. Hi, my name's Liz Stevens. I'm Children's Epilepsy Specialist Nurse in Luton, um, and I'm part of the Community Children's and Specialist Nursing Team uh, that's uh, part of the Cambridge Community Services NHS Trust. And, and the team includes Monica Tolland and Mary Hunt, who send apologies. They can't be here today. That's no problem at all. I, I'm sure they're listening. I'm sure they're listening. I'm sure no, they are. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for giving up your time to be with us on Inspire FM. Uh, and then secondly, if I may. Hi. So first of all, thank you for uh, inviting us Pleasure. to this uh, nice show. My name is Dr. Vipin Tyagi. I'm a consultant pediatrician with interest in neurology and epilepsy, and I work at Luton and Dunstable Hospital. And um, I look after lots of children with epilepsy along with three of my other colleagues. And we work in close association with Liz and her team um, in looking after these children with epilepsy. Fantastic. And third, thirdly? Hello, listeners. Uh, my name is uh, Dr. Teki Rao. I'm also a pediatric consultant um, with a special interest in practice in epilepsy. I've been working at Luton and Dunstable Hospital um, since 2008, 2009, so nearly 14 years of uh, experience here. And we lead a fantastic team here. We all work together across the hospital and community providing services to children in Luton, Bedfordshire, um, Hertfordshire, all the children that actually uh, come to Luton and Dunstable Hospital and in and around areas. We also work along with um, other um, bigger hospitals like uh, London and uh, Cambridge. So we provide excellent service and we are very happy to be with you to just uh, talk about 
pediatric children's epilepsy and how we can deal with this today. Fantastic. That's uh, as I say, um, it is, it's a really interesting um, topic area that I feel probably doesn't get enough uh, light shine shined on it. I think particularly we've, we've spoken a lot. We know we talk about. It feels like every other month we're talking about diabetes, for example. Um, but this isn't a subject we've covered before. So, I mean, a lot of listeners might be listening to this thinking, okay, epilepsy might have heard of the term possibly, uh, but what does it actually mean? Maybe if I can continue with yourself, doctor. I will be asking. Yeah. yeah. So um, epilepsy, I mean, it is a disease or disorder like any other disorder or disease like diabetes or hypertension or asthma. So epilepsy is a tendency to have recurrent epileptic seizures for no obvious reason, uh, anywhere, anytime, like a lightning from the sky. Um, and what is an epileptic seizure? So epileptic seizure is when you have a sudden explosion of electrical energy in the brain uh, which basically results in you being completely becoming unaware of your surrounding and in the most common seizure type which is tonic-clonic seizure your body goes stiff and you have jerking lasting for a few minutes or so after which you may be uh, asleep for half an hour or so um, before coming around uh, that's the most common seizure type that you know a common person knows about um, but there are other types of seizures as well like absence seizure where you just pre- become unaware of your surrounding but don't become stiff or uh, you know lose your posture so epilepsy essentially is as i said a tendency to have these recurrent epileptic seizures for no obvious reason anywhere anytime um, like a lightning from the sky mm. so if Absolutely. i may add yes please if we just had somebody had one seizure or one sudden event we don't call it epilepsy and we want to wait and see hmm. is there it's happening again and again then only we call it epilepsy Excellent. and again it's not just one condition mm-hmm. it's due to many many um, conditions put together causing this is basically a symptom a seizure is a symptom right and epilepsy is of many conditions and we treat depending upon what exactly the cause and underlying condition that is causing this particular person to have lots of diseases. Sure. I think the other thing to say Please. is that because they can present and show in so many different ways, it's not always clear to people mm. that that is what is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And just to expand on that a little bit then, so in your experience, um, how do how does someone understand what's happening? Is it that they have to see a GP or what happens? How do they end up... Uh, you know, getting the relevant assistance. Yeah, I think epilepsy is not that simple mm. condition anybody would ignore. Yeah. Uh, particularly parents having seen a sudden event, everybody gets absolutely petrified. Mm. And obviously, a child having a seizure longer time, first thing, first instinct for any parent is to call 999 yep. and call an ambulance. For the first time, I'm sure that's what everybody would do. Sure. There are few types of seizures which probably um, not recognized that easily. We call them, for example, absent seizures where mm. child becomes blank and teachers recognize them. And why this child is blanking when I'm talking to them and they're not responding. Mm. Those may not come via 999, but most of the bigger seizures that we know will go unmissed and usually be picked up by the parents and call 999. They bring to the hospital and we further investigate them i think um first aid and what to do for seizures comes Mm. up a lot so i think um what's important to know is when you would always call 999 for a seizure Mm. so that's that's for a first ever seizure um a seizure particularly even uh, if a, a child, a young person, or anybody's had a seizure before, if they're they're having breathing problems or they're injured, um, they you would call nine 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 if it's unusual, um, or certainly if it's prolonged. And we we would say now for seizures lasting longer than three minutes, particularly uh, for for that um, seizure described by Dr. Tiagi as stiffening and jerking and falling to the ground. Um, and there is another situation where children have emergency medication where you'd always call 999, um, especially if it's for the first dose. Um, 
But it's also important that anybody knows what to do in the very first few seconds mm. um, in that type of seizure. Um, and it's something that people don't always think about. It's looking at the time. Because one of the first things anybody, the ambulance crew will ask you, uh, the doctors will ask you in the hospital, is how long do you think it lasted for? And it's it's the, the other thing, and it might sound really surprising, anybody who um, sees a seizure um, uh, from the family, if they can take a video, that's that's really very good because then we can see what has happened. Right. Um, uh, but other than that, it's about... Um, Making sure everything's safe around somebody, removing objects, making sure there's nothing around their neck, uh, putting a cushion under their head if it's needed, um, and um, then calling 999 if needed. Small children, you can put them on their side um, fairly safely, but if it's a bigger person, a bigger, you know, a bigger child even, then I think it's important that you're mindful if they're breathing is not uh, a problem that you don't move them unless you have to. You only put them onto their side in recovery position if you, if you know it um, when the seizure is finished. Excellent. So um, I think we, we, we've explained a bit more around epilepsy particularly. I mean, what are there any kind of symptoms that parents or people should be conscious of around epilepsy? That's an interesting question. I teach um, epilepsy to students, medical students and postgraduates. Mm. And they ask what are the different ways they can present. The commonest thing that we know is child jerks, whole body loses consciousness, violently jerks to and fro all the four limbs and head. And eyes roll up into the um, sky and they're completely unconscious. Some of them may... Um, we, some of them may poo, but this this is the commonest, we call them, generalized tonic-clonic fit. But it could present with any symptom that we can think of, uh, bodily symptoms. Um, the other common presentation is, second common presentation is child becoming blank out. Mm. But they could also present like um, a little single jerk and then a few seconds gap later, another single jerk that surprises the child. Um, or even an adult for that matter. We call them um, myoclonic jerks. Um, and also the jerking may happen so subtly that one side of the body may be jerking. Even child is not aware or maybe child is aware. We call them focal jerks. One side of the body is jerking. But funnily enough, there are few symptoms which are really confused with general body symptoms. For example, headache. Yes, they can present just like headache. Okay. And child may be able to say after the headache, then I feel I'm not right, I'm confused. Okay, that may be a symptom of epilepsy. Hmm. But don't just take it from this word that, you know, headache means it's an epilepsy. Sure. But there are lots of other confusing symptoms. Hmm. People may feel, oh, this area seems to be very familiar. We call them deja vu phenomena. As if they were there before, that sort of symptom. Or child may be confused and wandering around without any purpose. That may be epilepsy. Um, or children may have some funny sensations on the body, just like, you know, as if something is crawling or feeling numb for a few seconds to a minute or so. Um, or they may have funny things seeing in their eyes, like rainbows, dots, colors. Um, so these are various symptoms, even sometimes just a vomiting could also be a symptom of epilepsy. Interesting. So several bodily symptoms, you know, are suddenly passing urine without knowing hmm. could be a symptom of epilepsy. But the common things are common first. Not everything attributed to epilepsy, but yeah. common things are you won't miss is bigger seizures. Sure. And children being just looking like as if they are not aware, collapses, or fainting attacks, or commonly looked at whether they are epileptic or not. Sure. Okay, that's really so, helpful. Yeah. Just wanted to add. Uh, so. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, there are lots of different varieties of seizures as Dr. Tekirav has nicely explained and it depends on which area of the brain, you know, this electrical activity or the spark is coming from. Right. So depending on which area is affected, um, because every area of the brain does some particular function. So if the spark is coming from one particular area of the brain, uh, whatever function it does, that will become kind of, you know, right. obvious. Uh, and secondly, I want to add... Um, 
the common theme among uh, or common thing among all these different types of seizures is all of them are really sudden onset mm. um and if a child has particular type of seizure all these even that he'll have will be very similar to each other so okay. sudden onset stereotypical and most of the seizures do not last longer than few minutes okay excellent yeah absolutely so listeners You're live with us today on 21st of September 2023, listening exclusively to Inspire FM, the health and fitness show. I'm your host, Suleiman Rafiq. Uh, and as always, you can text or WhatsApp us on 0779481822. Today on the health and fitness show, we are talking about epilepsy and we're joined by some expert guests. So please do get in touch with any questions you may have. So we've spoken about um, the symptoms, etc. And we've discussed a little bit, I think, around when you you might want to uh, when you might need an intervention so the next question is around you know receiving medical help so you know wh- when is it appropriate i think liz you've spoken a little bit about this but if you can just expand and remind the listeners when would it be appropriate to seek medical help in what situation i think that will depend on if um a child young person is already on treatment so Uh, one of the things we always say to parents is if seizures start to increase, then they should let us know. Um, seizures can increase sometimes because medication is based on weight. And therefore, as children grow, sometimes they may almost grow out of their medication dose, in which case seizures may need to, uh, may start to be seen again. Uh, however, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the epilepsy is getting worse. It's just that they've outgrown the dose. Um, but the other thing is, if the type of seizure the child is having changes, we would expect them to let us know. So you mean to say all the children who has had um, seizures, mm. if they're not yet clear they need to seek help. You know, we cannot just ignore seizures happening. Right. First of all, so you should never ignore through GP. But if it's an urgent through hospital, we need to first seek help. Are the first seizures around? On the same note, actually, not all are epileptic seizures. Okay. I think about thirty percent of all the children that present to us with seizures, yep. we call them first seizures. We don't just dub them as they're epileptic. Sure. Nearly 70% of them are not because they actually mimics. They're mimics of seizures. Right. For example, faints. If anybody, you, you see faints, they they lose consciousness. They also jerk and they are also completely unaware of what's going on. And they exactly look like seizures, epileptic seizures. Right. So everybody will be seeking help. And I, I don't discourage um, any parent to ignore that. Right. They can't just faint. So ask your GP or if you think that is urgent, they need to be in the hospital and need to be assessed. And it is the job of the medical team to sort out whether that is an epileptic or not. Therefore, if it is an epilepsy, obviously that needs treatment. But if it is not an epilepsy, we will say what is a safe way of making and management, managing those children if they are not epileptic. Fantastic. So, and then what, so what are the treatments for epilepsy? If we can move on to that as a topic. Yeah, I mean... First of all, I would say not all, again, once you diagnose them as epilepsy, it doesn't mean that they need to be on treatment. Okay. Um, so instead of telling what are the treatments, I would say, how do you manage epilepsy? Okay. Because um, once recognized someone has got an epilepsy, um, we need to know, are they definitely need treatment? Because most common management of this is by medications. But that's not just alone. Okay. It's it comes with a big package of lots of things. We need to manage. Okay, number of seizures that they are having. We need to reduce that. That's called a burden. So idea of managing this is first to reduce the burden. If they are happening so infrequently, say one seizure now and one seizure a year later, yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to treat this, those children. We can just reassure them, and then say we can wait and watch. Whereas somebody having seizures daily, yes, they need treatment. So when it comes to treatments, first port of call, if I say treatment, is medications. So most, all of them are, there are certainly at least 20 epilepsy medications that we manage children with. 
and what is right for a child at what time and what type of epilepsy is, is again um, the decision made by the medical team based on the child discussing with the parents child and their needs so some child may be not right for just starting treatment because they're already having lots of behavior problems because epilepsy treatments can give uh, different different sorts of behavioral changes so in that case is it a good idea just waiting and watching and managing small seizures or um, should we be starting treatment because they're reaching at a risk for the child I think the treatment is always depending on uh, what is the risk to the child the risks could be different different things for example a child you know who is completely um, unaware of the child and having seizures at night yes they may be at risk of even sudden death because of seizure and having lots of secretions unable to breathe heart stops so those are the risks if the risk is very high we consider treatment and the treatments are medications unfortunately we always tell parents that you know medications are not chocolates when we give we should be carefully assessing whether they're going to do benefit or they're going to cause harm to the child so having discussed all those things then we commence treatment based on the need of the child there are other sites sorts of treatment. I think some people have some um, beliefs that they can treat with non-medical ways of mm -hmm. uh, managing their children um, we have several examples of you know some some of their uh, religious um, gurus or somebody teaching them by doing some sort of mantras or some sort of preachings epilepsy going to get better that's not true similarly you know uh, in some of the countries like you know very um, third world countries where they don't even have a good knowledge of epilepsies you know old traditional ways of you know burning the child with a rod thinking that that could treat the child these are all wrong ways of managing the children so I think science has moved a lot and we need to take the help of best available research treatments mm. and help children managing these conditions. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, we're phenomenally lucky in this country. We have experts like yourselves um, that are providing, you know, as you say, cutting edge uh, evidence-based intervention so you know we're very fortunate to have that it's for us then as a community to take advantage of the services that are available to us so i guess uh, we, we're fast approaching the advert break we only have about three minutes left of this first half of the show uh, what i wanted to just quickly touch on was in regards to the causes of epilepsy you know someone might be wondering well, what causes this what are we saying at the beginning you know huge numbers of people um suffering from with epilepsy but what actually causes epilepsy i don't know who prefer to start with that one yeah so, i can so i mean uh, the causes are variable but the uh, the commonest cause is genetic uh, right in nature um you know if you do these uh, scans like mri scan in these children many of them will have just a normal scan because the problem is probably at the microscopic level which scans can't pick up so um, majority of the causes are genetic where they alter the micro ion channels of these nerve cells in the brain that help uh, to produce electricity in the brain so there is a dysregulation of this electricity that is used in passing messages in the brain uh, and that causes sudden explosion of activity um, genetic doesn't mean it's always familial it can appear for the very first time in a child uh, it can be familial as well passing through generations or it can appear for the very first time in a child other causes could be uh, any uh, thing that kind of has damaged the brain in the past uh, like meningitis infection head injury um, thirdly uh, if the brain has not well normally formed so it, there is a major malformation of the brain while the baby was being formed in the womb that can also um, cause seizures so these three are the main ones the others are like some metabolic causes are there um, that can also result in epilepsy I don't know if you guys yeah. want to add. Yeah, I mean, you mean to say the changes mm -hmm. in the biochemistry of the mm -hmm. blood, mm -hmm. like having abnormal chemicals in the mm -hmm. blood, mm -hmm. they may cause seizures as well. So mm -hmm. anybody comes with these things, we try to identify what exactly is causing this. Mm -hmm. It could have been the scars in the brain, it mm -hmm. could have been the tumors in the brain, or it could have been a malformation, that means uh, abnormally developed brain. So we investigate all these um, causes. Mm -hmm. But the myths around it, you know, mm -hmm. 
it's due to some you know uh, a punishment from the god um, or you know you are uh, uh, captured by some you know uh, um, like you know evil people evil spirit and things these are basically not right not correct science has proven epilepsy is none of that it is a medical disease like any anything else fantastic thank you for providing that clarity um so listeners as i say you are listening live today on the 21st of September 2023 we're with the health and fitness show um today for the first time in in the 7 years i've been doing this show is we're talking about the issue of epilepsy and i'm delighted to have three expert guests in the studio who are shining a light on this health topic and providing us with their evidence based information uh, and using their experience years of experience working in the local community as well in the second half of today's show we're going to be focusing more on the award-winning Luton Epilepsy Patient Knows Best online platform. So please do stay with us uh, and we'll be right back after these very short commercial break. Assalamu alaikum and see you on the other side. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please do not message or call as the following program is a rerun of a previous live show. Any announcements made during the repeat may now not be applicable. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the health and fitness show I am your host Suleiman Rafiq and we are broadcasting live today on the 21st of September 2023 and it's bang on half past 6 hope everyone is well inshallah and enjoying this lovely autumn day and um just generally having a good time inshallah and enjoying inspire fm as always we welcome any suggestions you may have on how we can improve what we're doing any topics you'd like us to cover on the health and fitness show often the reason why we talk about a topic is because a listener has said you know what we why have you not talked about this or we'd love to know more about this so please do get in touch with us on 0779481822 and we're more than happy to accommodate any requests or suggestions you may have so on to today's show we have been talking about a really important topic in regards to epilepsy epilepsy is one of the most common serious neurological conditions in the world it affects around 630,000 people in the uk alone this means that one in 100 people in the uk may have epilepsy and around 80 people are diagnosed with epilepsy every day So in order to shine a light on this topic I'm delighted to say that we've been joined by not one not two but three expert guests in the studio who are giving up their time to share more information and awareness about this important topic. So last time I started on this side so if it's okay I'll start on this side if you could please introduce yourself doctor. Hello listeners I'm Dr. Tekki Rao I'm a pediatric consultant at Luton and Dunstable Hospital. I've been working here for the last 14 years. Uh, part of a big team of epilepsy specialists uh, at Luton catering the needs of uh, Luton and Dunstable Hospital and the counties um Luton Bedfordshire um Hertfordshire and other surrounding areas and my team uh, is a big team with uh, four consultants and um three epilepsy specialist nurses working across the hospital and community So I'm Dr. Vipin Tyagi. I'm also a consultant pediatrician here at Luton Dunstable Hospital with a special interest in epilepsy and neurology. And like Dr. Takirawa, I also look after a lot of children with uh, epilepsy um, with our te- with the help of our team. Thank you. Hello everyone. My name's Liz Stevens. I'm children's epilepsy specialist nurse for Luton and the local area. 
and I work alongside my colleagues, Monica Tolland, Mary Hunt, and also the nurses at the hospital, Kirsten Webb and Hannah Gooch. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, if I could take this opportunity to thank all of your teams and all of the great work, all of the people that are really working hard in this area, because I think as we've learned in the first half of today's show, this can be quite scary for parents. It can be quite unnerving. So to know that there's so many people behind the scenes working hard to provide the evidence based support uh, is fantastic to hear, particularly in Luton. So uh, in the first half of today's show, we've spoken a lot around, you know, what is epilepsy? Um, if it's okay, we'll just quickly recap on what is epilepsy for anyone who's joining. But then I'd like to move on to talk about living with epilepsy, what it's like to live with epilepsy. So uh, maybe, Doctor, if I could start with yourself in regards to just recapping just shortly, what is epilepsy? So epilepsy is a tendency in an individual to have recurrent epileptic seizures. Um, um, so that's basically the summary of it. Fantastic. And um, what is it like to live with epilepsy? I mean, you obviously deal with this day in, day out. Well, the first thing to say is that um, parents, understandably, are often very upset about this diagnosis. And sometimes even the young people are as well. And our big message to everybody is that it's important to normalise life. This, the, a child, young person is not sick, they're not unwell, they have a medical condition. Uh, and therefore it's important they carry on um, to include safety precautions, but nevertheless they carry on with life as normally as possible. And so this includes basic safety, Um, particularly around things like water in a bathroom, in the kitchen, when swimming, when using helmets when they're on the bikes or scooters. But also children love climbing, climbing apparatus, making sure the safety surface is underneath uh, and a parent is there to to supervise them. Um, Thinking about nighttime, uh, using listening devices. We, We try not to call them baby alarms because the older children don't like that. So we call them listening devices and uh, that, particularly the ones that use audio and video, they're really useful. Um, things like anti-suffocation pillows. Um, but other than that, it's about looking at daily life and that, that includes things like sleep. It's really important to get a good night's sleep, have a really good um, routine. We call that sleep hygiene. And... Um, I think it's something that's quite difficult for children. A lot of parents will tell you they find it very difficult to get their child to go to sleep. But there are, there are really good websites with advice about how to, how to create a good environment for sleep. Um, education. We expect our children in mainstream schools to achieve, to learn and to take part like the other children. So... Our job as nurses, we spend a lot of time doing things like care plans, emergency plans, making sure staff are trained in the schools. But also, this is not just about um, managing seizures in school, because most children in mainstream schools are not having seizures. It's about making sure staff are aware of what to look out for with their learning. So things can affect, um, as Dr. Tuggy Rao said earlier on, medication can have side effects. And some of those side effects can be things like concentration and memory problems. So um, one of the things we put on our care plans is detailing not only the name of the medication, but where to find information about that. Um, The importance of Uh, being flexible in learning. If a child's had a seizure during the night and they're not quite fit enough to go to school at the right time the next day, it's allowing that child to go into school later. It's about the emotional well-being of a child, not treating them differently both at home but also in school, not wrapping them up in cotton wool. That's a very negative effect on self-esteem. And making sure they're included on things like school trips. Um, And more than that, it's about working with our other teams like children's community nursing and rapid response services, special needs nurses and the hospital teams to make sure that we try and maintain uh, a good standard of health in a child, keep them uh, safe when they're unwell, uh, making sure they've got the right advice at the right time. 
Maybe you could just advise on what things people um, think they can't do. For example, um, travel. People just say, oh, yeah, I'm very much restricted with the travel. I've got epilepsy. Uh, what would you say? Absolutely. You can travel. <laughs> um, in fact, we may talk about that when we start talking about our patients know best because that supports parents traveling. I mean, the things we do uh, advise on are uh, getting insurance. Anybody should have good health insurance when they travel um, and making sure they know where the health resources are when they get to their destination um, and also making sure that they're safe doing any activities while they're away. All that is important. Other than that, it's about supporting parents as well. We have two parent groups running in Luton at the moment. One of them uh, takes place at Denby Children's Centre. Denby Primary School have been very helpful to us, very accommodating. They allow us to use their premises uh, once a, a month in school term time. And that's where we have our group. It's, it, they are both wonderful groups. And I can only tell you that, uh, as a health professional, I've learned a lot from the parents who come to our Salvation Parent Group, learning about the culture and what their, some of their beliefs are. It's about respecting prayer and that, that value when the, you, you've got a child with an epilepsy. But learning what, what has impacted on them some of the, the, the stigma that they feel sometimes. And they have been the ones that have said that education about epilepsy is really important for the community. So that's one of the reasons we're delighted to be here tonight. Yeah. And also, you know, as adults, one of the things that worry about epilepsy is their jobs. But, you know, in children, we don't worry about that. We only worry about education. And adults also worry about driving, but in children's population, when they're reaching teenage, we talk about, okay, epilepsy, are you suitable to drive or not? Um, usually, if they are seizure-free for any year, they're able to, with, with or without medication, they're able to drive and they can apply for a driving license. So that's, and again, epilepsy is not such a restrictive condition. So I think as professionals, we're able to help them how they can manage and do things. And our young people so do achieve. We have do, young yeah. people going to university most years now. And um, there are some careers that are barred. For example, the armed forces and being a pilot, there are very clear restrictions around those particular careers. Um, but generally, when you think about the amount of different careers open to young people these days, it's very few that are, are a problem. Fantastic. Listeners, you're here with us on Inspire 105.1 FM. Exclusively, we have the Health and Fitness Show hosted by myself, Solomon Rafiq. And we are broadcasting live today on the 21st of September 2023. Today, we are talking about epilepsy um so actually how i was first introduced to this was the really fantastic news your award winners uh so congratulations um you. well done uh, always nice to see positive press for luton beyond the football team in the premier league mm. you guys are also champions um so i mean this was for a specific project i understand it's called um patients know best so i mean over to you guys what what is this and how do, how do people access this service Okay. Patients Know Best is a secure online platform for parents and for the carers, for young people themselves with epilepsy, the epilepsy team and other health professionals. I think I must just mention Shipanchel here particularly, who has led this project from the start from Luton CCG. It's not called that anymore, but... Um, ICB. ICB, <laughs> even, yes. Um and at the moment, it's mainly for children and young people from 0 to 18, but it's starting to develop uh, across that transition period into adult care, we hope. And where it started in Luton, it's now going to be spreading to the rest of Bedfordshire, which is great news. Um, so the beauty of it is that it enhances communication between the family and carers. What it offers, I feel, more than anything, is 
a partnership working, access to services in a new way um, that is very... digital platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the confidence now in communication between us and the the families is is greater. Um, Parents can message any time, day or night, um, knowing that when they send the message via Patients Know Best platform, it is secure. Um, often parents may message us when, they, when they're kind of getting ready for bed because that's a good time for them. The children are asleep uh, and that's the time when they can actually think about what they need to share and that's absolutely fine. It's quick, it's efficient and operates, as we said earlier, anywhere in the world, yeah. which is something that really gives parents confidence if they're going abroad, mm. uh, especially if it's first time sure. after a diagnosis. Yeah. So if I may simply say, in, a, in the previous era of working, I would say NHS, you know, anybody who has got a problem, either they go to GP first and then GP refers to secondary care. And the specialists see them and say, OK, see you, say, take this treatment, see you in six months. But epilepsy is not such a condition you can just leave for a few months to just see again. Sure. They may, they may happen any time. So parents are always at, at an anxiety mm. level heightened. Sure. So they need to be in touch with professionals. Yeah. You're picking up a phone and calling someone. They may not have an answer immediately. Whereas this digital platform enabled them Fantastic. to just be in touch with and get answers quickly and be very reassured. So this is how actually Luton has piloted this um, Patients Know Best Great. Uh, since 2021. And we are in, in, in a good position to reach out for so many patients with this one. Simple terms, it's putting patients' health in their own hands. So if they're adults, obviously they can contact. But if they are children, parents contact us. Sure. And young adults, they always are welcome to be part of this fantastic you know it sounds it sounds amazing um and so people might be listening to this thinking okay that sounds you know amazing um but who's who's eligible who can use this platform anyone with a diagnosis of epilepsy from 0 to 18 within our caseload but as i said going forward now we're trying to get a small cohort of those young people who are about to transition to adult care um handed over to the adult epilepsy nurse in the hospital. Her name is Macon Zora. But the other way we're using it now is for children who are currently under assessment and are suspected of having an epilepsy. So they are now going what we call a watch and wait caseload. The other main cohort now is the transition cohort where um, we are getting young people themselves on here from the age of 13 so that we can start to do a transition programme. We call that programme Chit Chat. Um, And it offers different topics to discuss and create that independence and knowledge for a young person as they get older to understand their epilepsy and manage safely as they go into adulthood. We use it for all sorts of things, really, Care plans can go on there, emergency plans. Um, we can, so, so apart you mean from to the say it's a digital recording? It hand. is, Everything yeah. They can access anywhere, Absolutely. anytime, even yeah. if they're in a European country or India. Mm-hmm. Through web, they can just contact. They, every record is there and they can yeah, go yeah. to the doctor. Yeah, this is mine. Yeah. And you can Perfect. show it there. In their pocket. Not like they were sitting in the hospital records mm. only before. Yeah. Now they're in the hands of parents. Amazing. Just share with them if they feel that is suitable. Fantastic. The other thing I I think is important, really important, that if they have a seizure and somebody videos it, as we were saying earlier on, Mm. then that can go on to uh, patients know best. And that's a clear record and the doctors can review that. I think it's important to say also that it's not just the nurses on patients know best, it's the doctors as well. Um, And uh, we, we, we can... If I do a prescribing change, then I can put that on patients know best so that, especially for me, if I prescribe electronically straight to a pharmacy, I know that parents have that information immediately. That's that's safety uh, and keeping medication safe. Um, And the other thing we have on there is videos, very short, kind of five to 
eight-minute videos of different topics of epilepsy so that parents have good information. Education. Yeah. Education. Fantastic. And so what has this meant for Luton families? Obviously, from a health professional's perspective, you explained, you know, you can share this with other health professionals, etc. But for a family, what does this mean? What Can you give some examples of why you've won this award from a family's perspective? I think... The kind of stories we've had, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples from the young people themselves because the young people are important. We had, and it's, it's simple messages, but it makes us realise we're engaging well with our young people on our caseload. So we had one this week, a message about how to get his own prescriptions. He wants to learn how to do that, wants to know how much prescription will cost. Um, and the answer is it won't cost you anything. Because uh, with an epilepsy diagnosis, your prescriptions are free. Another one asked us about a driving licence application, which had been sent off, and she'd given our details about that. And it just shows that they're building their independence and connects us directly, whereas before I think there was a tendency to go through the parents, but then that doesn't build up their own, their own confidence dealing with health professionals. We have... Um, we have stories from how it's been used abroad. One particular mum who wanted to take her little girl to Disney World and patients know best, helped her feel more confident about doing that. Um, the other thing is, if they have, particularly when they're journeying abroad, if they have problems with medication, they can message us. We had a couple of instances in the summer, one where somebody had dropped their bottle of medicine and just wanted to know what to get, and mm. another one um, where they'd run out of medication, the tablets, um, and they'd been given a different brand, and we were able to reassure them that that was okay. Um, and... I think one of the most useful thing also is that they carry their emergency care plan on their mobile. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They can open it to, to show to an emergency doctor, say, this is how my child's epilepsy is treated. So mm. they can go follow that protocol because sometimes these records may be missing in the hospital records, mm. even though we share it with them. So having that right at the hand of the parent yeah. is really useful for their emergency use. Excellent. Because my next question was going to be, you know, why do you feel you've won this award? But I think you've just explained that, haven't you, in terms of this sounds absolutely phenomenal. It sounds like, you know, using embracing technology to really empower patients. It sounds like, you know, fantastic. And some of the examples you've given, you know, I mean, as a parent myself, I'd find that so reassuring, you know, particularly like, you know, the Disney World example that you gave as well. So I, I, I can completely understand, you know, why this is why this is such good work and why um, you're so passionate about it as well. Listeners, we're on Inspire 105.1 FM. This is the Health and Fitness Show. So as always, you can contact us on 0779 Four eight one eight two two. You can tell my voice is sped up because we've only got four minutes left, unfortunately. So time has got away with us. Just very quickly, I wanted to just ask: so, if someone's listening to this and they meet the criteria that you've described, but they haven't heard about the platform, how can they? How can they access the platform? How can they learn about it, more about the platform? Well, they can contact us in the first instance if they think they're eligible. Um, our contact number is. Uh, 0333 We are more than willing to help anybody uh, to get onto PKB um, if they're um, eligible. Fantastic. Thank you for that. So as as we've always said on the Health and Fitness Show, you know, this support is available. There's lots of support available across Luton for various different things. So please do take advantage of this as well. So uh, my next few questions, just in this quick summary, is just around any future plans. So, you know, as you say, it was developed um, a few years ago. What, what's, what's the future plans for PKB particularly? Yeah, we would like to expand and make it available, first of all, across uh, ICB, which is Milton Keynes, Luton and Bedford. Once this is a successful project, then we would like to move on sharing our expertise with um, entire UK. So... Our vision is, in future, this is available to everybody. Yes, actually, this um, particular platform, PKB, is being used, but not to the extent we have researched and helped develop it, uh, that software. So we want to make it available to everybody in the UK for every child, if they can 
Fantastic. Started in Luton, so we can uh, hopefully we get some royalties <laughs> 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 coming our way. So I, I think obviously you know I appreciate listeners. This has we've we've been talking about quite a heavy topic today, and I pre- appreciate and respect that. Um, but you know I feel it's really important that we discuss these issues within our community to raise awareness, so we have a common understanding uh, around issues such as epilepsy as well. But what I'll ask in the last two minutes with, from our guests really is just a really positive quote to to end and if there was any other kind of final reflections that they were keen to add. So maybe, Doctor, if I can start with yourself. Well, if, if I just say, you know, epilepsy is a very um, a scary condition, but I would say all that glitters is not gold. Similarly, all those fitters are not epileptic. Sure. First thing is, you know, um, let's get it checked. Mm. And once we make sure that they're epileptic, we were, we're going to help you with Fantastic. That's great. I would say that epilepsy, like any other disease, is a, 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 a treatable condition. Um, and uh, 70% of the epileptics can be controlled, well controlled, uh, with one or two medications. So it's a, a treatable condition. Uh, and, you know, parents should not hesitate in contacting their health professional to get further advice. Fantastic. Thank you. I think my message is to say that I'm sure I speak for the rest of the team. It's a privilege to look after our children and young people and our families and that together we will be able to try and enable the child uh, and make the most of their life. And the the other thing is um, parents hopefully can feel supported, particularly in the parent groups, because there is no one better to understand a parent and what they go through than another parent. I could only say, say to Luton listeners is that, you know, this is one of the best teams in the UK with good team working and helping across hospital and community. So there is no other team I would be I mean, very, very inspired to say that um, has got helping children around here. That's amazing. I can't think of a better way to end the show. That is amazing. And as I've said before, and I'll say again, thank you all so much for your time. Thank you to your teams. As I say, parents, you know, don't feel that you have to suffer in silence. There's support available. So please do get in touch as appropriately. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream? at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.